Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo. Steve. I've missed you. How have you been? Good. I mean, it was... we Last week was our first week not recording in, in months. So it was our first week off. I, we still got together yeah. on, Saturday, <laughs> on Saturday and, yeah. uh, you know, let the, got together to watch fireworks and um, let the kids run around in the park. It was fun. It, yeah, you set up the slip and slide in, in your front yard and kids had a blast. Yeah, kids love getting wet. <laughs> yeah. Doing that stuff. So so we did get together, but we didn't record, we which didn't was really record. weird. Yeah. But uh, got but, so much sleep on Sunday night. I know, and on Monday I felt good, and it, it's still, and this is our first week doing our, really recording once a week this week, so just our our first one one episode week, so I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic, I think it's good. So. I think it'll be great, and I think it'll help to kind of spread out the life of this, um, and we also have uh, some business I want to go over. First of all, those of you listening, if you are planning to run with us, we'd love to know uh, in this half marathon. Let us know. I, as of right now, I think there's like six people. So if you haven't reached out, I mean, no pressure. You don't have to. But I was planning on buying some headbands for everybody, some sweatbands and just some fun stuff. Uh, so let me know. And two, uh, talking with Christina and Teresa, we're planning to get together. So there's been several people that would like to get together, but they're like, I don't want to run. Yeah. That sounds miserable, and I don't blame you. <laughs> I had to know. I, I mean, you twisted my arm to it. It took me a while to even. I was like, oh, half marathon. I don't want to. I don't want to run and be all tired and hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so now I'm into it. But it, it did take a while for even me to get convinced. Yeah. So, but so no pressure. You know, you don't want to run. That's fine. But we do want to get together, like in Sandy, after the day of the race. After that, after it'll either be in Sandy or West Jordan. We're working out the details. It'll either be, either be like at Teresa's house or Teresa's parents' house, which would be kind of weird and like flashbacky, uh, take us back to high school times. But um, we we want to do like a big cookout. Like it'd yeah. be great to have some burgers, some sweet Jerome sausages. Yeah, some of that uh, honey habanero. I'll get. I'll buy some of that. So good. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I would love to see anybody. Anybody and everybody that wants to come. Um, so as that's getting closer, it's September 4th. Let us know. Uh, we want to start getting kind of a head count and we'll get things ready so we can be prepared for that. More details to come. But I think that's the biggest thing. I want to make sure if you are coming to the race, awesome. If you want to come to a big get together, awesome. Just let us know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it'll be fun to see anybody that wants to come. Or, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I was thinking we've actually gotten few voice memos and i think it'd be a great way to bring them back and maybe just have a few yeah let's start let's do some voice memos because we're we're saving the ones that are dance ask and dance funny story related for that episode but we've gotten just other voice memos that i think we should play so let's do a couple of them today okay sounds good okay so the first one let's do sway we had when we had him all over um we asked them it was one of those like hey send us a voice memo it's like why were you so distant have you been so distant the last few years and he he sends us a voice memo um saying just answering so let's uh let's hear it yeah here it goes 
Okay, guys, so you asked for a voice memo about why we weren't so close. And what's funny is I'm still in the room. <laughs> so um, the, the reason I think that, well, I know that we weren't as close is, um, you know, it, it just comes back down to the addiction stuff, right? Like you live in a world of isolation. You isolate yourself. And what's, what's really interesting about that is really what you're looking for. Everybody thinks that, um, or common thought is that the opposite of addiction is sobriety when truly opposite of addiction is connection. <clears throat> and so um, I was doing everything I could to isolate myself and to, um, and, and not just my, like there were things that I would do to isolate myself, but on top of that, uh, I just, you know, there were, Thoughts of like not feeling good enough or worthy enough to spend time with people or doing things like that. But uh, I guess, you know, and, and I'll plug in really quick. Johan Hari, TED Talk, talks all about addiction and it just talks about this isolation and stuff in depth. But that's a huge reason why I think, in fact, I know, right, like I was very distant in all of my relationships, especially from basically college you know, from when I got back to my mission, from my mission until, you know, the last two or three years. Um, I just read a really interesting study that says 20, only 27% of men in the U.S. have close friends. And so, like, I don't know if it's all porn or addiction related, but that's just the truth of it, right? And so, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's what it comes down to. Addiction is just a breeding ground for isolationism or, you know, for isolating yourself. So, um, that's a big part of the reason that I pulled myself away from pretty much everybody. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. It, it's understandable. And, it, and that was, it's really interesting too, that like he said, there's a study that like a low percentage of may, men have close friends. Like I, I can also see, I don't know. I think as a man, it is harder to make friends. Like, I wonder if it's like, they don't have close friends or they haven't made like new close friends. Cause like yeah. you and I've been friends since we like went through puberty, you yeah. know? Yeah. So like that's different. We or before. Through, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, we've gone through a lot together. And so I think that experiences can bond people. And as we've gotten older, like we've talked about this before with a lot of the people that have been on, it's like, as I've been older, it's, it's harder to make new friends. And I think too, it's like your constraints are, are bigger. So it's like, I, I feel like my, friends that i've made are either like bonnie's cousins like if, if she's got a cool cousin um or like a the husband of one of her because it has to have like some family mm -hmm. connection like the so husband like, of someone exactly or um like my brother-in-laws have really been the friends that i've made as an adult um because there are people that i that i see often that we get together but if if like for example if you're you didn't get along with your brother-in-law or something then it's like unless you are making friends at work where are you gonna make your friend you know it's like it is yeah. it, it's hard well and then there's like making friends and but then i think what sway was alluding to is like 27 percent of like close friends because there's like buddy buddy pals at work but it's like those people i work with i would never be like hey i got this sex addiction yeah or you're or, not yeah, exactly you're never gonna get real with 
with a, your your friend acquaint or you're you're just going to talk about football and that's mm-hmm. it you know like i work with a bunch of ladies at work so it's just like i i i stay a million miles away from any kind of jokes subjects anything like yeah, that like it's sure. strictly professional we joke and have a good time but it's never never inappropriate never even close because i don't know i don't need to well, get into that but. well it's also like you know you're the boss and it's not like there is a limit to what kind of conversations you can have like that. So, yeah, no, I get it. And I, I get it's hard and making close friends where you can like, it, it's like with you, I feel like I can talk to you about anything that is, I feel like that is rare. So that's how I get it. I, the feelings mutual. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So let's do one more. Okay. So we've, we've gotten a whole bunch of, emails from so soccer uh people who played soccer the girls that played soccer will remember her mona taylor she's uh 2003er so she's one year above us and her name is actually Alyssa. yes yes uh but like went by mona yeah and yeah she's super cool and she's she says she's been listening to the podcast she really likes it she's been emailing us she even gave us a shout out on like 97.1 like in the radio Mm -hmm. so like we got a little shout out on the radio maybe we'll put that at the end of this episode or something we'll put a little snippet of that yeah i'll try to do that i'll try to like figure out how to cut that out and uh (laughs) plagiarize their (laughs) their copyright or whatever (laughs) so yeah i'll take that because it was really cool that she sent that into the radio and then the djs talked about it so um i haven't seen a whole bunch of new listeners since (laughs) (laughs) but maybe yeah maybe we'll see them this week cross your fingers yeah let's hear what she has to say yeah let's let's hear mona's uh voice memo this is mona from the class of 2003 i'd just like to add some details to sway's episode about going to florida i was going to florida and he wanted to come but his mom wouldn't let him i'm at my gate I hear, Mona, here comes Sway with the biggest grin on his face. He tells me that he had snuck out of the house by throwing his suitcase out the bedroom window, crawled out of his bedroom window, had a friend waiting for him to bring him to the airport. I'm with him in Florida when he calls his mom and says, Mom, don't be mad, but I'm in Florida. You could hear her yelling at him, on the other end of the phone. He hangs up and he says, I'm here now. Let's go to the beach and let's go to Disney World. And that's exactly what we did. So it looks like Sway just cut her out of that story. So she was in the Florida trip story um, at the terminal with Sway. (laughs) See, Sway had two really good friends, me and Mona, to help him have a really (laughs) wonderful experience. Yeah, and I guess uh, Ryan's sister Tara too, right? Yeah, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> Freaking Sway. Giving your mom all those gray hairs, oh Sway. <laughs> you should call her right now and tell her how much you love her and thank her for not killing you. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's brave. I mean, there was a whole... Because I, I, I could never do that. And I don't know if like I just couldn't do it or I physically couldn't do it because I like couldn't get on a plane. So, but it's like, that would be, I don't know, I guess that would be scary for me. So also like brave sway, just like, like super, I'm just going to Florida right now. <laughs> super ballsy. Yeah. For sure. Crazy. 
freaking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, a, a few more um, voice memos that people send in. We'll just start sprinkling them in at the beginning of the episodes, ones that aren't related to um, to the dance. But do send us in some dance memories, whether you're asking or answering or funny dance memories. Uh, you know, like Pierce not being able to find the University of Utah, you know, anything like that. Just give us, uh, give us what you got, and we'll we'll be sharing it once we get a few more. Yeah. So who do we got today, Steve? Today we are talking to Andrew Yon. I'm excited. Uh, another track friend. We've I, known Yanni for a long time. He's long a great time. guy. He's someone that like, he was. I. You know, not that I hung out with him like every weekend, but I considered him like one of my better friends in school. And especially during track season, I'd spend so much time with him. Uh, I always loved him. Funny guy. Always fun to be around. Very he, positive. Very positive. Like, yeah. Yeah. He he reached out to us and said this is something that he doesn't feel comfortable doing, but uh, he wanted to come on and, and share something. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has to say. Yeah, I'm excited. So, well, here's our conversation with uh, Yanni. All right. Andrew Yan, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. How are you guys? Good. good. We're just doing great. It's so good to see you. I know. It's good to see you. Amazing technology. I know. It's almost as good as the real thing, but not even close. <laughs> <laughs> we were just barely talking how it's been about, like, maybe about three years or so since we last saw each other and uh it yeah. might have been even a little longer I, I remember that you and your wife had like just gotten married not too long ago when we when we saw each other um maybe yeah that, maybe a few there was months. that one and then there was a party with the kids and we had we had just had a kid i think that's right that's right you're right yeah yeah, yeah and he's He's about to turn three, so it would have been pretty close. Yeah, it like, it so like, it yeah. probably was, yeah, around three years ago. Yeah, Awesome. Yeah. So Crazy. catch us up. So for the people that haven't seen you, what have you been up to? What's happened since high school? What's happened since high school? Well, yeah, I'm married. I have a, an almost three-year-old and a two-month-old, so two boys. I'm an educator. Teacher. I work in Canyon School District. I'm one of the behavior specialist in special ed. And then I also coach cross country at Jordan high school, believe it or not. So uh, go be diggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it. So, I mean, that's more or less what I've been up to um, since high school, short, short side of it, I guess. Nice. How'd you get into, um, is it, would you say your behavioral? Yeah, I'm a behavior specialist. Okay. So, I needed a job and I started substituting at the school for people who have disabilities, severe disabilities. And then I also started working in residential programs for people with severe disabilities. Um, and it was the only job I ever kept going back to. Like I was doing that and then I'd also go work like for brick masons and then I was doing that and then I'd go work in like an auto shop. And then, and so I was just like, why do I keep jumping around jobs? It took me forever. And I just thought, I'm just going to be a teacher because this is the only thing I keep coming back to. I, obviously like this. So I became a, a special ed teacher. I did that for a few years and then a job opened up uh, at the district office working with kids who have behavioral disorders and um, mood regulation issues and all kinds of things. And so I thought, hey, that's, that sounds fun. Sounds like me. Let's do it. Um, I've been doing that for about six years now. 
That's awesome. Have, had you ever worked with like special needs before that time? Or Not really. That? I mean, we had kids in the neighborhood who had, you know, different disabilities. Um, I have a cousin with Down syndrome, you know, but I didn't really ever think like that's the field I was going into. You know, I liked to work with my hands and different things, but yeah, it just kind of, it kind of grew on me. And now I'm obsessed like every other educator. Otherwise you wouldn't be in teaching if you weren't crazy about it. So that's awesome. That's great. So you do that. And then how long have you been coaching track? Uh, I've been doing that about, uh, about five, five or six years or so. Yeah. Same time. Yeah. So I got a job at, I was offered a job at Jordan to teach, uh, one of their, we call them special classes there. So for kids with significant cognitive impairments. Um, and then I also got hired as the cross country coach, but then the job at the district office came around and it doesn't come around that often. So I, I took that opportunity and then they were like, well, if you don't coach, we just won't have a program. Oh, really? <laughs> <Making> a, <laughs> Dang. No pressure. We were making our athletic director do it. So, I mean, it's up to you. And it's like, okay, fine. You know, and sports, I don't know. Sports have always been important to me and it's part of the community. And, and I don't know. So I thought I can do it. I can do this new job that's super hard and coach. And I was still going to school for a master's program. And it's like, yeah, let's do it. And honestly, Coaching has been like, is like the highlight of my, my school year. I love working with the kids in sports. Like that was always the best part of school for me too. So it's a lot of fun. Me too. I loved track and it was just one of those things that I'd look forward to it. Like all year long when spring came around and you could like smell it, the warmth in the air, we're like, Oh, track's about to start. And then I, I would get excited every year for it. So. That's oh, cool. And the coaches made it, it like you do build a relationship with them. They become, you know, mentors as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see Twig doesn't live too far. So we see him every once in a while. And oh yeah. He's, yeah, he's doing some, I think he works at some running stores and different things. So we see him every once in a while. So it's cool to see him now and then get to talk about from a different lens, like, Man, I'm, I, I apologize to him all the time. Like, I was such a little punk. I'm sorry that you had to coach me. <laughs> it's like totally take yeah. it for granted as a teenage idiot. He's like, yeah. don't even know how much work and effort he put into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gon- you, most people don't know this, but Gonzo actually taught me how to swim. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you <laughs> I, can... didn't, I didn't know. I didn't remember that either. But it, tell me about it. <laughs> you, you convinced me to join the swim team. And I was like, okay. And I came out. I knew how to swim a little bit. But then, was it Goldheart? Coach Goldheart yeah. was like, oh, you don't know how to swim. Gonzo, and you had to teach me how to swim. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I try to like, I I try to teach my girls how to swim. And man, it's been so hard. They like won't listen to me worth like <laughs> worth beans. They just. Who is harder? Your girls? Or Andrew. No, I'm sure Andrew was easy. I'm sure he was just like doing whatever I told him. Um, but yeah, the girls will like, just don't trust me. They think I'm going to let them like, let them drown or something, you know? So. We were in a three foot side of the pool at Mount Jordan. So I, I yeah. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Yanni, tell us, tell us about who you were as a kid. How'd you saw yourself? Who were you? 
that's that's a a tricky question i think i think in hindsight we think a lot of things you know like what steve said you take a lot of things for granted as an idiot teenager i think i kind of checked into that box a little bit um i don't know i think i think people most people would be surprised to find out that i was kind of shy um i it was really uncomfortable for me to talk to a lot of people but i do it anyway a lot of times i found myself like not feeling like the main character in my own story, you know, it's like, well, I'm not as outgoing as like Steve and Gonzo. I would never try out for Mr. Jordan. So, you know, I'll just kind of be a side character in that. I'm not funny. Like Merritt Reed was, you know, or I'm not athletic, like Phil Paloa. I'm not any of these things. So I kind of assigned myself a role of like this side character instead of like really getting in and participating. And I think it was cause I was, I don't know, maybe afraid of what people would think about me, which I didn't know. I, who knows why you think that way as a teenager or not having enough secure identity in who you are, you know, like several of your other guests have said, depending on who I was with, that really shaped who I was at that moment and at that time. And so, I don't know, that's kind of who I was. So it, it changed with who I was with, but I never felt like brave enough to be out there and be in the spotlight or do anything. I don't know. I just had to be around like you guys to do crazy things. And... <laughs> well, what do you think? I mean, you're you're making it sound like oh, like maybe it's because I was a little bit insecure. Or, yeah, you, it, what, where do you think it comes from? I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it a lot, especially since like so you did your first podcast, and I thought oh, it'd be fun to talk to them, and then I was like oh no, I'm nervous to do it, but. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know where it came from. I think I'm five or six kids. I think siblings can be mean sometimes. I think, you know, you get picked on every once in a while and those things stand out more than all the nice things that people do. I think I was worried about having those bad picked on experiences over all the good things that come from, you know, pushing yourself out and the variety and things you can experience by getting out of your comfort zone, out of your shell. I can appreciate that you said that because I think uh, hearing you say that, it's not something I've thought about a lot, but I know like for me, my sister, especially my older sister and I didn't get along at all until like I got home from my mission. It was like, I hated her, hated her growing up. We were so, we were so mean to each other. And I know the same thing like with my wife, like she has a sister that just treated her horribly. And to this day, she's able to see things like, man this and this and this that she would do to me have affected me in this way. And so like you bring it up, like that's, you know, siblings do fight um, and they can get along and have lots of family memories. But I think that that can absolutely affect a young person. Like, man, yeah, you, know, you can get trained, especially if you had a whole bunch of older siblings that are just kind of messing with you. Yeah. And they, they know how to get under your skin, but I think, you know, kids at school are going to be kids at school, whether they meant to be mean or not, or pick on, you know, and just the smallest thing, I'd focus on that a lot more than the other. So the risk of, you know, being picked on on a larger scale or, you know, that, that kind of thought process process kind of probably led me to stay more quieter or just kind of stay out of things when high school is meant to experiment, experience things and do things that maybe are a little outside of your comfort zone. So then it's a lot cheaper to do it when you're in high school than as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in in a way I can relate to, I mean, I think of 
do you ever watch that 70s show back in the day? I, I did. Um, so, like, I always felt like, in a way, like the Fez character. You know, it's like you're the foreign <laughs> kid. You're like the goofy foreign kid. So you're not like the Michael Kelso or like the whatever Topher Grayson guy that's like the lead character. You're like a side character. So in a way, I can see that. Like, I, I don't know. I can relate, I guess. Foreman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and so, I don't know. I didn't really start getting happier in my life until I started, like, figuring out who who I was and like not caring as much about what other people think. And if they, if people pick on you, so what, you don't have to be around them. It's okay. You yeah. can move on. So tell us, who are you now? What's, what's changed? Are you still shy? No, I've worked on that really hard. I kind of wanted to be a person that could have a conversation with anyone, you know, wherever you are. And so I, I do. And I'm for, like, it's kind of tricky now because people just come up to me now. It seems like at the grocery store, hey, I know you. No, you don't. But let's talk about your experience, you know, because I think you're talking to like Hamza about how variety and meeting different people is really what life's about. And I really like that. And Hearing people's backgrounds and what they've been through and different stories, kind of like what you're doing. Um, like I, I work super hard on that because it just makes you happier, um, helps you find who you are by learning from different people because you're never going to experience everything. So. What made you decide to do that, to, like, really work on that? I mean, I've always not liked it, so, you know, there's always this, okay, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. I, f- I found myself with something called gift ray syndrome, so I was paralyzed from the neck down because my immune system attacked my nervous system. Um, so I was in the hospital for a long time, just chilling in a hospital bed until we could start working on physical therapy and stuff and getting back. And so that lets you think about where you are and who you want to be, the types of things you want to accomplish. And so I took that time and figured it out and just went for it after that. Don't get too many second chances. It felt like a second chance. So went oh, for what? it. What was that syndrome called? Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's, they ask you about it when you get a flu shot <laughs> because there was history lesson. Uh, there was a flu vaccine that was correlated with this happening where people were losing like feeling in their legs and their arms and stuff. And so I'm not supposed to get flu vaccines. So. Oh, dang. My office manager yeah. at work had that, that same kind of experience. And so it's, it's, it's a crazy experience. I remember when you told us that that happened to you. Cause yeah. we used to like get together every Thanksgiving and have like, Hey, we're still young and stupid. Let's still play tackle football for like four <laughs> or five years. Like until we were like 25, 26. And, yeah. uh, I remember when you had that experience, like how, how crazy that seemed like, Holy smokes. Like Andy's super active and that had to just totally change everything to just lay there. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was tough and to be totally dependent on other people. Like, and that's kind of where you find your voice too, because that's all I had. I had to talk to strangers who were coming in and like, are you okay? And it's like, well, no, I'm not. You need to turn me this way or that way or this, you know, when before I never would have said anything, I would have just been, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. You know, I don't want to put you out. So it was, it was a crazy experience, but then it's been sort of. So as a behavior specialist, I believe in reinforcement, right? It's been reinforced through the years as I've been more outgoing, as I've met more people and talked to more people. It's just been fun and it's, I don't know, 
It's made life a lot better. Wow. How'd you get it? So I was probably sick before. If you work in a school, you're going to be sick a lot because little kids. Uh-huh. Kids are always sick. So uh, I was sick like a week or two before, and then your immune system just overreacts and attacks your nervous system. So it eats away at the myelin sheath that covers your nerves. And so when your brain sends the electrical signal to whatever part of your body, it just doesn't get there. It's like stripping a electrical cord of any of the mm-hmm. rubber casing and having a bunch of grounds somewhere. But, so, but you've like recovered through physical therapy, but it could, I mean, it's, is it possible for you to like, for it to resurface? Yeah, um, it's like a 10%. I have 10% more of a chance than you do of getting it now for it to resurface. Um, there are lingering effects, you know, a little bit of fatigue, different things. Um, one of my feet still kind of drops a little bit. So if I run really far, my foot gets a little bit like it's asleep and drags. But other than that, it's pretty good. Most people have a pretty good recovery depending on their age. It's just generally a speed of recover of recovery because you're um, how quickly your nerves can regenerate. Yeah. It's a set amount that, that can happen like per year. They, they've mapped it out, but I don't know. So by the end of your long runs, are you like those people I see that have just like totally fatigued their bodies where they can't even walk right? They're just like limping. <laughs> they collapse. collapse <laughs> and crawling to the end. Well, you know, I'm about... Uh, a hundred pounds heavier than the last time you and I had a long run together. So <laughs> let's quantify long run. We're talking a mile or two. Uh, no, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get pretty tired. I'm super sweaty these days, but you know, I get pretty tired, but I don't push myself that hard anymore. I, there's no point. I'm not competing for anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You going to join us on that half marathon? Well, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to make that half marathons a little bit far. I've got a couple of discs out of place. And so got to go shorter distance first, maybe next year. If you do it again, maybe there's something else we can do that we'll talk about Oh, soon. Oh yeah. So yeah, do you have, I'm any waiting. Other, <laughs> do you have any other like life lessons, other ways that you've changed the, since you were a high schooler? Other way, I feel like I've changed in almost almost every way except for like I hope that when I was in high school I was nice to people and that I was doing good things in the community and around I, I, around my neighborhood just just doing good things kind things for people I I hope that's what I was doing then and I hope that's what I'm still doing now I still like stop on the side of the road and like push people's cars and stuff and sometimes they're scared of me <laughs> um, I don't like it but I always you know. think about it if I see a car I'm like I should stop like, mom, I'm too far. <laughs> <laughs> but I should. I should stop and help. <laughs> but I think a, a, a lot of other things have changed. Um, almost those core values pretty much stay the same, but how I approach life, how I think about life is just a little bit different. I mean, and that comes with age and experience, right? Are there any particular experiences that led to some of these changes? Like, I know you had that, that Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, but did you have any other experiences that were, that led to big changes? I, I don't, I don't know. It's just life, man. You know, things happen and mostly I've learned a lot through mostly failure, you know, things, things don't work out. So what are you going to do about it? 
And that's, I think, what I was afraid of most through high school is failing or, you know, well, they're not going to like me. It happens. So what, what are you going to do? Um, and I think that's something that I did learn from sports is particularly running. You're going to have a bad race. You're going to have a bad time. You're going to fall down. You're going to break your foot in the middle of running. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to change? What are you going to do differently? How are you going to be better? And so staying focused on what you want to do, who you want to be moving forward. It's just the little things. Yeah. And and I, I can relate to not also having like big, a big giant, something that, that was a catalyst for change. I feel like in my life, it's been just the times that I notice I like, or I sit down and think about it. I'm like, Oh, this is different. I'm, I'm different in the, like, it's like, Oh, I'm an introvert now or something. It's like, I don't, or I like to go to bed early. I don't, you know, just things like that. You're thinking, I was like, when did that happen? And we're like, Oh, I guess just little by little, I've just been changing. So I, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. I, I think my idea of like happiness has shifted. Like I was driving to work, listening to Leonard Skinner, of course, simple man. Right. <laughs> of course, yeah. I was like, that's, that's the idea. I think, when I was younger, happiness was having all this stuff, doing all these crazy things, you know, and that about being content, be happy and helping people be happy and content along the way. Um, that's, that's happiness, not all this extra stuff. And I think when you shift what happiness is, what brings you happiness to a more realistic level, I can't imagine going to school and having like social media and stuff now. That's going to be oh, terrible. Man, dude, but, I could not imagine what it would have been like. I'm so glad we didn't have that stuff. No, for sure. And I get, and I agree too. I mean, for me as well, it's like, I, today we were driving home from, uh, from a family reunion and like, there was a moment the kids were all being like nice and like nice to each other and playing nice in the, in the back seat. And I'm just like looking at the rear view mirror and like Bonnie's asleep and like just looking back, the kids are being good. It's like, I felt really good. I'm like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> Then obviously, yeah. like twenty minutes later, they're all in each other's throats. But <laughs> it was like for that one moment, it was like so happy. <laughs> yeah. So I think when you want different outcomes, you know, you're going to approach problems differently. You're going to approach everything differently. Yeah. And so that's I think how I've changed. I think when I was younger, I didn't really have an outcome goal or long term goals or anything. I think I was just kind of like floating by. Time was happening, and I was just. I was just there. I think that when you say, uh, like you learn to kind of find your voice and like speak your true opinion, like I think combining that with figuring out what really makes you happy, you're, you're going to find that happiness faster. Like you, you still, you talk about like a simple life, like just finding those things that make me happy and just doing that. But by being able to be your true self and just speak your mind and let people know, I think it's easier to get to that point faster than be able to enjoy the contentment that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then just not worrying about if other people like it. Like if I'm a 35 year old man that likes to go to Disneyland or eat a lot of sausages or <laughs> whatever it may be. You got to check out Jerome's sausages <laughs> at your local <laughs> farmer's market. <laughs> the best. <laughs> And then if you chip a tooth, stop by Western Dental. <laughs> you definitely won't chip a tooth on that sausage, though. No, because it's going to be, there's not going to be any bones on a sausage. You're going to chip on, on something else. <laughs> Yanni, tell us, um, tell us something that you're, you're passionate about. 
what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, is this cueing me about coaching again, or is this? No, whatever, sure, yeah, or, or anything want. else. Yeah, it's something that a passion that you found, or or if it has know. to do with coaching, let's hear about it. Um, my wife says I'm hard to shop for because I don't have any hobbies. I just kind of jump around from thing to thing. I think what I'm really passionate about and what I can talk the most about is um, what I do for work. Um, I think it's interesting that people who are teachers, they identify themselves as educators. You know, you ask, hey, what do you do for work? People will say, oh, I, I do this or that. But teachers are, oh, I'm, I'm a teacher. It becomes part of who they are. I've kind of fallen into that. Um, so I really love what I do for work. Um, I think it makes a big difference. So I work with kids who are, generally have lower socioeconomic status or they have disabilities that limit their behavior. And uh, generally these, these students end up in like juvenile programs or long-term they end up in, you know, they end up in prison for a long time and different things. And so what I'm trying to do is change the school system to make it so it fits everyone and support these kids so that we're not having to support them later in life and they can have, better outcomes for their lives. And I'm, I don't know. I'm super passionate about that. I could talk to you for three, three or four hours about that. Okay, go. <laughs> so give us the more like, so you're saying what, what would be, you're trying to change the school system to better accommodate or to better, yeah. um, like what would be your number one change? What would you change in the school system today to be, to give a better result to, with, to people with behavioral issues? Like realistic changes or like... Balance. Or pie in the sky, whatever you would. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first thing is like our class sizes are way too big, right, for teachers to be able to manage any sort of behavioral disruption. Yeah. Um, their deadlines, things that are expected of teachers are pretty unrealistic. But um, right now, historically, how we've dealt with kids who have behavioral problems is we send them to a specific unit with other students who have behavioral problems or a school which, like, if you think about it, isn't, isn't that what, like, similar to our justice reform system yeah, it, later on in life? We, send them, <laughs> we, we push them off to the side, send them away where they're a, a spot where they're going to get behind, even, like, mm-hmm. education-wise. So it's not, it's not a place that's going to help them catch up or get ahead. We send them away to, like, the corner to, like, get behind, and, like, they're going to be behind on their reading, behind on their math, behind on everything. With right. other kids that are yeah. also behind. Exactly. Yeah, and then it, it sometimes it can compound or normalize this behavior, right? So if every time somebody says something to me I don't like, I punch them in the face, well, and the kid next to me is doing that, and the kid next to them is doing that, and the kid next to them, it makes it seem like it's the typical thing you do when you get upset, you punch someone in the face. Yeah. Um, so what we've been working on, what I've been really pushing for is – a more treatment-based programming where kids come in, we figure out why they act why they act the way they act using functional analysis, um, collect data, and then we offer them plans, skill building, all kinds of different things, and then we send them back into general education. Even while they're in our program, we have them go into general education classrooms just with additional support so that everyone stays safe. And we've seen huge success with that. We've actually been the number of kids in our programs have been has been shrinking um, since we've been wow. doing doing That's it great. that way. Um, we'd like to see this next 
this next year kids turning around a lot faster so we get the treatment down um, better at the onset when they first show up have a plan running and then to start testing it out in the environment that they should be in that's awesome and we don't yeah. run in yeah. then we don't run into those compounding effects of now you're also behind in reading now you're also behind in math now you're also behind socially and hopefully that makes a bigger difference down the road well, not try, not having to catch up in every single category you know, it makes it a lot more realistic to to catch up you know if you can if you can focus this effort here and not fall behind in every other category then it seems like it would be a, a much easier way to get them back into where we want them to be yeah that's the idea that's cool i love it what other yeah. reform would you would you do pie in the sky um pie in the sky i think like any teacher you'd look at our curriculum standards and just what types of supports are in the classrooms like other countries um uh, dedicate they've like at a one to five ratio of teachers. And then they have two other adults in the room, the amount of technology they have in the room. It's, it's ridiculous. And then you come to Utah and then you're like one teacher, 36 kids, it's 37 kids. And then, you know, I'm walking in with a student who maybe has a disability, maybe has all these other things and I'm asking them to do even, even more. So I think class sizes just gotta be the first thing. What would what would be the solution for that? Do we just need do we need more teachers? What's the is it is it a demand? Well, do we have a demand for teachers? So we do have a shortage on teachers. There's there's not enough already. Uh, there was an article on KSL that said Utah will have enough teachers this next school year. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But there is a teacher shortage. People don't really want to be teachers. But so the state is, is a funny it's like a, What's the, the what's the median low, or what's yeah. the starting salary for a teacher in, in Utah? Uh, that's actually set by each school district. Each school district. So the district the district you live in, based on the taxes you pay. I know when I started, it was close to like thirty or thirty five. That's well, wasn't, yeah. that, wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And then there's just like <laughs> tons and tons of work and hours that go into that as well. Yeah, yeah. And so how our state funds schools is based on like some equation they have per student you get x amount of money and that's really low i know they just changed the taxing systems before all like sales tax and everything prop or all property tax and everything went to the schools and that just got changed this last uh this last session i think or the session before and so there's just there's not a lot there's not a lot of money and there's a our school did you did you see your tax what? form, Steve? Mm-hmm. Our school district, Alpine, they've doubled the property tax, and I think most of it is for the Alpine school district. So you're on notice, Alpine. You better start paying your teachers more. <laughs> <laughs> Pay, paying more or getting more, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah, it's kind of tough because people don't like to pay taxes, right? Who likes to pay taxes? No one. Californians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alpine's a big district too, guys. That's a big district. Yeah, they should be getting a lot of, of money. Area. But they've been spending a lot of money for like all the COVID and the the special like all the extra stuff that they've had to do for the pandemic. So I 
I get it too. So yeah, um, in our school buildings, we had to run like the air systems nonstop. That was one of the requirements for reopening, I guess, or something. That cost so much money just to run air in the buildings while kids were there all day. Oh yeah, so that's supposed to mitigate COVID. Yeah, it was expensive, expensive year. Crazy. And find out. Hopefully, it's not like a outbreak where like everything's just it's gone through the air. It's all airborne. I know. Glad that that didn't happen. The thing too, it's just like I don't want to see the superintendent all of a sudden be making like four hundred thousand and the teacher still making thirty (laughs) five. Yeah, that tends to be an issue, right? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be checking that this year. (laughs) So Yanni, you can look up. Yeah, I'll, I'll. I'll be checking. Before I vote, I'm going to look on all them salaries. <laughs> um, do we have any beef? No, I don't think so. But I have to apologize for you for something, Gonzo. Okay, so I should have beef is what you're saying? No, you should have beef with me, but you don't. Okay, you cool. Know. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, we, were, we were on a double date one time, and we were at your house, and your mom made all these sandwiches. And it had like mayonnaise on it or something. That of I didn't course, like. any sandwich needs it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I don't really like that. And you're like, well, my mom will be super offended if you don't eat this. Like, oh, no, she'll, she'll be cool. I don't like it. It's okay. And he, you proceeded to eat like 14 sandwiches. And I was just like, oh, he was serious. I should have eaten like one or two. I feel really bad about that still. I didn't eat any of your sandwiches. Tell your mom I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I was just a dumb kid. There could have I could have been just like messing with you, but and I could have just been <laughs> eating a ton of sandwiches because I'm like a glutton. <laughs> so that's a so, but no beef hashed. I don't and okay. I'm, I'm sure so my mom sorry doesn't remember. Made so. you eat Thirty sandwiches or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I need to like I'll, I'll have to cover for for Yanni and just know it. Pick it up was your loss. She's an amazing cook. I had so much food that she made. <laughs> Yeah, it probably was. I was, yeah. Dumb teenagers, man. Sometimes, like, yeah, I mean, my mom would make some, like, sandwiches and, like, there may have been, like, a hard-boiled egg in there or something. And, like, you know, you may not think it's like, oh, that's weird, but I bet it was good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'd eat one or two of them now. It's okay. I would have helped you out. I can see the growth in you. <laughs> you have changed. <laughs> I probably grossed out the other than my date. But it's like, why is he eating so many sandwiches? <laughs> it wasn't a second date. <laughs> I wasn't notorious for second dates. I went on a lot of first dates. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Do you have um, Do you have any anything you want to promote? I do have something I want to promote um, and it's not like a business or anything because I get paid from people's taxes. So pay your taxes. Um, So we coaching uh, cross country, we do a meet every year. We do the homecoming meet and last year we weren't able to hold an open 5k, but we call it, um, we call it the alumni 5k and we don't really have a lot of alumni that show up the alumni 5k but it's our only fundraiser we do for cross country which uh, you can imagine out of there's only so many funds to go to athletic activities cross country doesn't get very much of that so um, it's the only fundraiser we do it's 
100% on the Jordan High School campus. And so you'd come out, you'd run some loops on the camp on campus, you finish and start on the track. Uh, it's a 5K, it's a three-loop course, so if you wanted to come out and run a mile, you could do that. If you didn't want to run at all and just donate to the cross-country team, that would be great. If you don't want to donate and you still want to come out, just come out. I talk to the kids all the time because, um, you know, having gone, gone to Jordan High School and our track program was pretty good. Our cross-country team was pretty good. Brian Summers coaches with me, and he was on the state championship cross-country team and stuff. We talk to the kids all the time about how Jordan High School, you go to Jordan High School, it means something. There's a family, a community, and I talk to the kids about when you're running with that jersey on your chest, you're representing more than yourself. You're representing that family and that community that's come before you, 100 years before you. Because anytime you talk about people, you know, oh, where'd you go to school? And you say, oh, I went to you or wherever. People aren't that interested. But the second you say Jordan High School, people automatically are interested. And it's because they've known somebody that you, you, you carry it with you. And so I want to show them, show them what it means to have this family community. Show them what it means. Class 2004. Come out. Show them what it means to be a beat digger. What it's going to mean for them for the rest of their lives to wear that J on their chest. So come on out. It's August 28th. I'll send Gonzo, I'll send you a link with all the information. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be super cool to have a big turnout. It goes great for your training, for your half marathon that you're running. It's perfect. perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll come run it. I, I'll come commit right now. Man. I'll come run the alumni 5K. All right. Let's do it. I'll be there too. <laughs> yeah. And I'll donate some money too. My whole entire goal is to just beat Gonzo. That's it. I'm going to run that 5K so fast. <laughs> sub 20 minutes. It's it's crazy to run there now. You know, go walk back on the track and run. Like, how many hours you spent there working. And it's crazy to run there now. It just, I don't know, it brings back all the feels when you get out there and run on that track. It's going to be like holding your hand, Andrew, and just, like, crying. <laughs> it's going to be so Just good. like we did in track. <laughs> All right. So, sounds good. so August 28th, is, what day of the week is that? So, uh, I think it's a Saturday. All right. So, Saturday morning, in the morning, right? Yeah, it's in the morning. Uh, we're working on getting it to be at night. I think a night race would be cool. Get some food trucks, then we get some people, right? Yeah, right. But... Either way, so send us like all the info. I'll put it out, and we'll we'll keep talking about it too until the until yeah. August twenty eighth. And yeah, we'll I be think there. That'd be great. Yeah, for nice. sure. It'll be good to see you guys. Yeah. Oh heck yeah! Can't wait. I'll I'll, I'll clean up a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna start growing a beard right now. <laughs> I'll meet you in the middle. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Something that that you want to share that you didn't get, didn't get to? Uh, I don't think so. Do you have any more questions? I noticed that you, Gonzo, always say, I wanted to ask more about this. I know. I like can't. I, I always uh That part of his brain only after. turns on after we're done with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should have asked him about that. <laughs> I have a funny memory. Let's um, hear yeah. This is like just after we graduate, I think. I, I think yeah, it was. <laughs> maybe it was right after we got home for our missions, actually. But we were playing football, tackle football, and... We were just having a great time. And I think it was like one of the first parts of the game. John Bowen decides to just tackle Nate Dawes, this big guy. 
just destroyed his knee completely tore his ACLs it's like his leg was like dangling and it was hilarious just <laughs> <laughs> kept thinking like I was just so glad it wasn't me no poor guy I mean John just was like a freight train just ran right through yeah. everybody it's like we're not wearing pads or anything and it's like a frozen solid ground and he just bam right into yeah. his knee and yeah, uh, that was a good day yeah I was just thinking like glad it wasn't us Every time you, I just, get, you would send those text messages to say like, "Hey, we're gonna play football on uh, uh, on Thanksgiving morning," I was like, "I, I won't be there." <laughs> Tackle football. <laughs> like, mm, the, I'll come for lunch thing, after or something. <laughs> the funniest thing John said was, "I I lined up and you know I I put on a few pounds since high school and I looked across and there's John and John staring back at me and we played football." Um, on Jordan's teams and he looks at me and says I never thought I'd ever line up against you off the line I was always a wide receiver he was always a lineman yeah well now I weigh more than you <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> <quick>. sucker <laughs> my my funny memory with you Steve was you showed up at my house and we got on your grandparents scooter that wasn't licensed <laughs> in cowboy hats and we rode around the town <laughs> Went up on the sidewalks at the high school and stuff. That stupid scooter. That scooter, I I think you had a, a more than one date on the back of that scooter, right? Yeah, I'll have to pull up some pictures somewhere. <laughs> I think one time I, I think you told me you drove it all the way to the drive-in theater, movie theater. I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> like driving an hour on that scooter. <laughs> it's going like 25 miles an hour. <laughs> I remember one time I tried to drive it to Bethany's house and took it down into the gully and it wouldn't even go like up the hill to the other side of the gully. <laughs> oh man, that stupid thing. <laughs> I yeah, we went drove around, went to Del Taco. It was a good day. <laughs> we should reenact that after. We <laughs> scrummage up some. Oil. You'll need a bigger scooter. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, we have like. Like 200 pounds heavier than we were that day, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not running track anymore, man. Heck no, that's funny. I forgot about that. I love it. Well, hey, thank you for coming on and just sharing your yeah. experiences and your story and, and inviting us out to that 5k. I hope everybody listening checks their calendar. It is a Saturday, I looked, uh, August 28th. It'd be, it'd be great to see anybody, and, and Andy, it's been great just to see you and, and catch up with you. Yeah, it's so good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me plug that. Yeah, it's been too here. long. No, thanks. Love you, buddy. Okay, love you guys too. I yeah, love you. Take good it. Good night. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Andrew. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I I love Yanni. He was always one of he, he was always a nice guy. Like we were friends in high school. We spent time together. He was always just a happy person to be around. And it was interesting to hear him just kind of describe himself almost as like the sidekick. Like always Robin but never Batman. Yeah. You know? Um and I guess I never really viewed it that way, but I have lots of memories of him being there and I was always having a good time. I always remember like the funny warm ups in track. Yeah. It was like always four people, then everybody would be changing who's in the lead. And and uh, always a happy guy, always active, very athletic. A great runner. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, his um, 
he'd run the 800 meter and he was he was fast but I, it, when he was describing himself it's just like you said I, I didn't think of him that way but I can see that I can mm-hmm. see what he's saying that he's I remember him as actually being because he's saying he's very shy but I remember him being very friendly like we were you know good friends and um but but I can also see what he's saying that it's just like I'm kind of the like I feel like I'm a side character in my own story but so it's good to see that like through his through working like his physical therapy working to get better from his syndrome like that he's changed he's come out of his shell he's learn to not be shy and found a passion in education, found a passion in helping people with special needs. Um, he still has um, that that gentle heart and special yeah. spirit that he's that he's always had. Yeah. So I I loved that and I loved how um, he said that he kinda kept bouncing around to different things but kept going back to this teaching. And uh, I feel like there's been a few people that have said something similar to that. And it's awesome to see that his journey for himself was unique for him. And it led him to where it seems to be exactly where he needs to be for him, for his happiness. Yeah. And I love that he talks about how he's like, he's found his voice. Like he'll voice his opinion and he'll tell people what's really on his mind. And he, you know, he seems like a, like a happy dude. And yeah. so I, I think it's great that that's where he landed. And he's, he said that he's found happiness, not in, not in things. Yeah. Not in things. So he's saying like, as a kid, you're looking at it and you're just like, Oh, I want this stuff and this stuff's going to make me happy. But it, it's who he's becoming and the circumstances that he's in has, that's where he's found his happiness. And I, I thought it was great. When you were describing looking in the backseat at your kids getting along. Yeah. Kid you not guess where I was last night. Where? El Paisa Grill. <laughs> I love that place. <laughs> like left our kids at home with the babysitter, went out there, and uh, I'm sitting there, and on Saturday nights they have live music. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So I'm sitting there eating the um, mocha jefe. Is that like the stone things with yeah. like all the meats Dude, in it? It was, yeah, it was delicious with some guy, I don't speak Spanish, but some guy just singing some amazing Spanish music behind us, and I was like looking at my beautiful wife, eating some good Mexican food, listening to some awesome Spanish music. It's like, I love my life right now. It is so good. <laughs> and it was like, this. it was the simple things. It was a great just, moment. Yeah. yeah, it was a great moment. I caught up, I'll, I'll show you the video. Maybe I'll put the audio or something out. But it was awesome. And like, when you guys were talking about that, I thought about that. And it's just like, yeah, like those kinds of moments, it's not things. Like things can bring lots of fun experiences. I don't, don't yeah. get me wrong, but... Sometimes those simple things can bring a lot of happiness. And so yeah, it was just, it was cool. It was no, great yeah. to, to, to hear that from him. And yeah, I, I like the whole purpose he came on was. Oh, he wanted to promote that 5K. So that's one of those things. That, so he sent us a message like months ago and he's like, put me on the list. I want to be on in August because I want to promote this thing. He's just like, I'm super uncomfortable. I don't want to do this podcast, but I want to promote this uh, this fundraiser for the Jordan High cross country team. So I'll I'll be honored for that. <laughs> and it was just like it, I, I don't know. It was great. There, obviously, if you talk to him now, he he'll tell you there was nothing to be afraid of. But I mean, I know a, a lot of people. Like I'll I'll look at the messages of 
trying of people calling each other out. They're like, "Hey, you should be on it. You should be on it." And they're like, "No, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about anything." No, and I think my favorite types are his, where it's like unprompted. Hey, this is totally outside of my comfort zone, but I uh, I have something that's important to me that I want to promote, and I'm happy to have a conversation with you guys if that's how I have to do it. So, yeah. Andrew, count us in. Two, two more people for part of the 5K. Hopefully, everyone out there is listening, and they want to join as well. Yeah. And I, I, I remember what I should have asked them. I, I want to send us a, a voice memo with a funny dance story. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email. JordanHigh2004podcast at gmail.com. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or Google. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Two Steps Home, Fixer Upper, Welcome Home. So a lot of the HGTV shows. And, and Sebastian, the... sorry, Sebastian Maniscalco, he's got a small part in the Green Book. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, let's see. Jordan High School 2004 podcast. It's been fun to hear the stories from the classmates and how they saw themselves in high school and where they are now, what they've been up to. Oh, that's freaking cool. That. It's like a reunion podcast. But then, of course, you've got people that are, you know, it's it's neat if them. They're talking about themselves, but if they start talking about other people, they're like, uh, oh, great. You're still calling me a band geek? It's yeah. been how many years? It's like you're still doing your clicks, and now it's yeah. a podcast click. <laughs> but it's, it's a great concept, though, yeah, for a podcast. I, I love that. Uh, let's see. What is this, NatFit? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Brian Summers. I graduated in 2005, um, but I coached track and field and cross country Vanderion at Jordan High School. Thanks, Stephen Gonzo, for doing this podcast. Um, it's been awesome to hear from everyone. Even though I graduated in 2005, I'd say I know at least half of the people that have been on the podcast. And thanks, everyone, who's been on the podcast. It's been really fun to hear from you. Anyways, yeah, I'm sending in this voice memo to invite y'all to come do the Digger Invite 5K. It's We do it as part of the... Um, the Digger Invite uh, for high school students, for high school cross-country runners. Um, And this is actually the third year we've done the invite. Um, But last year with the coronavirus, we actually didn't do the open race. So we have an open race, but we call it it the alumni race. Um, We did it the first year. Um, We kind of pulled it off last minute, and so not a lot of people heard about it. But we did have a pretty decent turnout for the alumni race the first year, but we want more this year. So I want you all to come. Um, if you can come out, it's going to be a fun time. We try to make an event out of it. We invite other teams and sports from the school to come to participate. And then after, you know, the high school students race. So, um, but anyways, yeah, so it's a 5k race. Um, it's three loops around Jordan high school. So it's at Jordan high school and you run the J Hill three times, um, in the course. So it's three, a three loop course. For those of you who did track or cross country, were a sprinter or a distance runner, you're pretty familiar with the J Hills. If you weren't, uh, we invite you to come out and check it out. Anyways, it could be a good warm up to the East, um, the East Canyon Half Marathon that Gonzo and Steve um, and a bunch of people are doing on on the fourth of September. Anyway, but anybody is welcome to participate in this 5K. Um, so you don't have to be an alumni, so bring family and friends and whoever. Um, you can get more information and sign up on successfund.com forward slash JHS alumni 5K.
So that's success fund with a D um, dot com and then forward slash JHS alumni 5K. And it just all it requires is a five dollar minimum donation to, to run. Um, you can donate more. Um, the donation online ends on August 27th at noon, so the day before. And you can do the day of the of the race. Um, you can sign up then at 6.15 um, until the race starts. So until about 6.55. Um, anyway, so I don't even know if I said this, but the race is at 7 a.m. on August 28th. Um, so I hope to see you all there. Um, and I've loved this podcast. I've listened to every episode. And I've gotten something from every episode. So five-star review. Uh, thank you, everybody, who has been on. And thanks, Gonzo and Steve, for having this awesome podcast.